that I, I get more pride out of seeing people use the continuous improvement to, uh, you know, lean to develop personally and do things that they they may not have thought that they would have been able to do without it. Welcome to the American Lean Podcast, where we cover five topics in five days in about five minutes. The only place in the world where you can get daily lean coaching. Your host is Tom Reed, and he shares his 30 years of experience and covers leadership, culture, entrepreneurship, lean methodologies, industry 4.0, and interviews special guests on their lean journey. We're glad you're here. So let's go. Welcome in to the American Lean Podcast. It's Friday. And we always talk with companies on their lean journey. And today I'm fortunate enough to talk with an old friend, Chris Luckett, who I had hired as an intern student when I was at a consulting company in Cincinnati. And it's good to talk to him after a long period of time. Chris is a network manager for Process Excellence for the Kettering Health Network, which is a 10 hospital system in Kettering, Ohio, which is near Dayton. So Chris, welcome in to the American Lean Podcast. How are you today? Doing well, Tom. Thanks. Uh, I'm privileged as well to be with you. Uh, <laughs> and as you mentioned, our, our roots go way back together and I uh, uh, have many fond memories of, of you helping me learn on my early, early days. So yeah, on that note, tell us about yourself and, you know, Kettering Health Network. Yeah, so uh, I have an industrial and systems engineering degree background. Uh, I've worked in various industries, as Tom has already mentioned, uh, from consulting to healthcare to aerospace to automotive uh, throughout my 20 plus years. About 10 of that was on the industry side and I've had uh, the last 10, fortunately, to be in the, in the healthcare side. And as, as was uh, said before, I'm a network manager of Process Excellence for Kettering Health Network, 10 hospital system, 10 emergency departments, 120 outpatient facilities, nearly 13,000 employees, 2,100 physicians, uh, approximately $2 billion in, in revenue. We provide for the Southwest Ohio Dayton market. We provide emergency care, cancer care, ortho, orthopedic surgery and rehab, neuro and stroke, a lot of the major service lines in healthcare. Within my role of process excellence, our calling card is really to provide improvement science and best practice throughout our network. Okay. So you, you are more at the kind of what I would call a corporate level, right? You're working with all the different locations? That is correct, yes. I'm not directly assigned to any hospital. I'm a corporate function. Okay. You've personally been involved in Lean, obviously, for a long time because I've known you guys since mid-late 90s. How long has Kettering kind of been on? And I know they don't call it Lean, but how long have they been working to make improvements? Well, I found that in healthcare, uh, lean and continuous improvement is sometimes synonymous with the quality circles and quality improvement. So okay. that has a pretty long history. I- I'd say going back for, for you know fairly you know fairly lengthy even even prior to my time here. But we've really gotten serious about defining our improvement practices really in the last six or seven years. So really, you've been on it for about seven years. What? Why did they want to embark on a lean journey? What did they hope to gain? Well, I think there's been this challenge for for going back years, 10 plus, and, and maybe more for some others who've been in healthcare longer, where the old answers or the old solutions were starting to not provide the new improvements that, that needed to happen. So about six or seven years ago, uh, I wasn't uh, even part of this. There was a person who, who started doing some lean improvement projects at one of our hospitals, Kettering Medical Center provided some pretty quick and dramatic results in some of the projects they were doing. And at that point, it got more and more notoriety and the, the network said they need to make it a network function and a corporate department was started. And that was when I was brought into my role. Okay, excellent. You mentioned some quick hitters. What kind of things did they tackle and, and focus on? Throughput issues. So ED uh, in our emergency department, length of stay and uh, other turnaround times on tests. A lot of the uh, elements associated with, you know, with throughput, 
uh, in the hospitals. You're the first person that works in healthcare that I've had on the podcast. And I know a little bit about it. For instance, I know they do a lot of, try to do setup reduction around turning over ERs and things like that. Is that kind of what you guys approached as well? Yeah, those are some, those are kind of some bread and butter, uh, typical types of projects. The quicker you can turn over a surgical suite and get one more or two more uh, surgeries done in the same day, uh, that adds a lot of margin. And obviously we, we know that there, it drives quality if you're doing it, doing it right. Sure, sure. Well, that's excellent. Because you have the 10 sites, what have been some of the biggest struggles that you've seen as you've tried to drive this through the whole organization? Yeah, well, as anybody might know, in a, in a larger size organization, there are a lot of silos in terms of decision making. So it's very difficult at times to understand what is the network best practice. So one of our hospitals may be using a, a certain methodology to uh, clean instruments and, and another one may be using slightly different. So it can be challenging at times with as many sites and, and facilities and presidents and, and, and leaders to get a consensus view of how any of our practices should be done. Okay. So one of the biggest struggles that I've, I've found, and, and it's, it's a continuous struggle, and especially with the diverse leadership group with a large hospital organization, pressure around the need to find the right solution versus experimenting our way to the best solution. Especially as you progress in roles and titles in, in your career, and I've found this, people don't react well to things that take time, planning, go and see, uh, progress that's not happening, even failing at times. For me, I, I, personally, I'm not really uh, afraid of failure or being fired or something like that. It's, right. really, it's really more of my internal struggle to manage my own frustrations when something doesn't turn out the way I planned. We've all, or I hope that everybody has had an experience of a mountaintop feeling when the improvement event is awesome and there's a huge success. But more often than, than that, then it doesn't happen like that. Uh, where we where we have bumps in the road, right. staying disciplined and not chasing that high can be a struggle because it's so hard with the pressures of modern healthcare, and I'm sure other industries, you know, have the same challenges where you're you're continually needing to create that visible high high impact project. It can limit your ability to experiment through things at times. Gosh, I've done probably 450 kaizans, and I'll admit some of them were awesome and some of them not so awesome. But the reality is, you know, we just kept moving the ball down the field and we're trying to get better. And I think that's really you know, kind of the takeaway you have to have. They're not all going to be amazing whiz-bang events. Right. Kind of along with that, what are some of the things you've learned from those struggles? Well, funny enough, or at least for me, I've had to learn at times to just walk away. I have to give myself uh, the space to make the mistake or, or, or not have the progress. And I'll literally, even if I'm at work, sometimes I'll go for a quick drive to detach in some ways. Managing my own behaviors in those situations has been one of the biggest things that, that I've learned that's helped me. Uh, I find that when my mind's so focused on something, it can end up uh, blinding me to completely to, to seeing other completely adequate solutions that I, that I may not want to do. So inevitably, I'm on like a Saturday morning when I'm mowing the lawn, it hits me and I'm ready to go back <laughs> and, on Monday and, and try the next thing that, that I wasn't willing to during the week previous. Yeah. Uh, I've had to learn that discipline myself to, uh, you know, even under those kind of damage control situations, uh, sometimes even I've created those damage control situations. Uh, but by creating diversions and really managing my behaviors are two big lessons that I've learned because you can do more damage by the way you react to something not going the way that you think it should versus what really is going on. So uh, that's what I've kind of brought from some of the challenges. 
That's fantastic advice because specifically in a Kaizen, and I don't know if that's the methodology you guys use to deploy, but you're so focused on trying to get the line to go faster or to turn the ER over faster or do whatever that is that sometimes you do just have to walk away and clear your mind a little bit. You know, when you have a team or you're leading a team, you know, they're all looking to you to provide that answer and to provide that leadership. And to me, that's just great advice to just kind of detach yourself and walk away sometimes. You have to do that. So thanks for that. Yeah, I had a, I had another sensei along the way who taught me to try to focus on solving today's problems. And sometimes our minds can try to try to solve tomorrow's problems. And yeah, that can lead to some problems and some frustrations. So yeah. What have been some of the greatest successes you guys have seen as a healthcare organization? Yeah, I'm going to take this a little bit different uh, different route here, but I, and, and acknowledge I've got some really neat quantifiable measurable things that have dollars and other things attached to them. And I'm, okay. I'm happy and proud to say that I've been part of doing those things. Uh, but for me, uh, when, when you talk about kind of success in the journey, it really comes back to the times that I've really helped someone do something that they wouldn't have been able to do without my help. And, and there are really simple examples that, that make me most proud. Helping someone do their first exec- executive presentation, someone who, who, who's become uh, a control chart crazy because <laughs> they see the value that it can bring. A, a nurse who never really led an improvement team or a project stepping up kind of with the coaching and mentoring of me or, and or my team uh, and seeing them su- succeed, you know, I, I think are really what I'm starting to, I can say this, I'm a little, little further in my career now and it probably has changed a little bit, but those are really more of the trophies that I think about now. I can list off the, you know, saving the millions of dollars and right. a lot of those other kind of things and the number of Kaizen events. But I think to me, the improvement science and the lean and continuous improvement has just become such a tangible part of people development that I, I get more pride out of seeing people use the continuous improvement to, uh, you know, lean to develop personally and do things that they they may not have thought that they would have been able to do without it. You know, really good lean people are great teachers. That's what it's all about. It's how do you engage your employees and get them pointing in the right direction. A lot of people think it's a set of tools, but as we know, it's not. It's really about how do you engage employees and, and educate them. And it's cool when the light bulbs turn on for them. It's just neat to see. It, those are awesome. Yeah, um, I totally agree. What have been some of the big surprises that you've run across as you've been through your lean journey? People are people, not robots. <laughs> right? uh, I, I'm continually surprised uh, in good ways and bad ways by uh, how creative people can get around certain things. Uh, sometimes that creativeness helps us redefine a standard in a positive way. And sometimes it gets us into trouble because it, it doesn't follow a certain protocol procedure. And in the healthcare business, that can lead to real impact on, on patients' lives. Sure, sure. And uh, so uh, what surprises me is that, you know, just people are people clear as we can try to be on things. And I'm an engineer background. So, you know, know that I, I think about, okay, we just wrote the standard. So now everybody <laughs> should be doing it. the standard. And that, you know, it's really, really hard to change the way people do things. It's easy to write the procedural document. The surprises are, man, some people can get really creative in, in ways that they don't want to do a standard. Sure, sure. No. Great observation. If my organization and or the people who are listening, if their organization were starting a lean journey today, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I'd say think small to go big. Uh, I've seen so many, and I've, I've been a part of, and I've led initiatives that really go down in flames because the goals are so overwhelming and so hyperinflated. You know, the things like we're going to transform healthcare with this <laughs> event type of stuff. 
And it really, right off the bat, alienates a lot of the organization and cuts the, cuts the feet out from under, really just trying to experiment down the path. So I, I think really just be careful about how you right-size your goals and expectations. Give people the, the space to do some experiments and get started. And really, the, the small stuff is what adds up uh, over time. Um, and don't, don't, don't over-inflate what any one individual or event can, can do. Yeah, you know, it's it's all about hitting singles, not home runs. Exactly. And, and, you know, I think a lot of leaders and organizations are always after that home run. And I understand that. You know, they're trying to show payback. But that's not where the long-term success is going to be. It's all about how do we hit singles. So, great advice. Yeah, we, we, don't, we don't have a lot of time probably to go into strategy and strategy deployment and things like that. But I think too many times we start at the top level and then we jump to the bottom. And that's how things, how we think about things versus we've got to break these down organizationally so that they can be consumable pieces that every staff who is impacted needs to consume them. No, that that sounds like another podcast episode for us. I'd love to continue to talk about that. (laughs) So final thing, uh, how can we find out more about the organization? And if people want to reach out to you to learn more, how do they do that? Yeah, so uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, Chris, you look, you look me up, Chris Luckett. Uh, LinkedIn is probably the easiest way for, for most people just to reach out to me. Uh, and then Kettering Health Network. Uh, we're online at KetteringHealthNetwork.org, uh, and you can learn more uh, there as well. Awesome. Chris, it was great connecting with you again. It's been too long. I apologize for that, but it's just been great conversation. You're doing some awesome things there, the organization, and just thanks for coming on and sharing your story. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Till tomorrow, have a great one. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we are honored to serve you, and we hope that you and your company are getting a little bit better every day. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with others in the lean and business community. If you'd like to turbocharge your lean efforts, please visit us at AmericanLean.com.